Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Amen. Take your Bibles, if you would, please, to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And also, if you'll make your way to Revelation chapter number 4 as well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 4. We'll continue our study in 1 Thessalonians. It's good to see each of you here. I want to remind you, next Sunday is our fifth Sunday fellowship. And uh, we had those before uh, COVID, we uh, used to meet any time there was five Sundays in a month, we would have one service, have lunch provided afterwards, and just stay around in fellowship, make new friends, and spend time with old friends, and just enjoy each other. Uh, that's at 10 o'clock. And so this year, we're going to start those back up again. So at uh, 10 o'clock next Sunday will be our one service. And so get here a little bit early. So you can find your favorite seat because your favorite seat might be somebody else's favorite seat in the 11 o'clock service. So uh, you uh, you be here early if you would. We'll get started right at 10 o'clock and then we'll um, enjoy fellowship together after the service. First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, we are in verse number 13 of this study. And as the Apostle Paul is writing to this church, I want to remind you as he's writing to this church, He has taught them as he was there in Thessalonica, he is teaching them of the second coming of Jesus Christ or the the rapture of the church. He's teaching them of what is to come. In the Old Testament, you would find the prophecies of the Messiah. When Jesus Christ came, the prophecies of the Messiah uh, were fulfilled. And now that uh, the Apostle Paul is, is writing the churches and they have agreed and accepted that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, now they are learning of what is to come. And Paul is speaking to them uh, and has spoken to them about the, uh, the uh, return of Christ. Now they were anticipating, and the Apostle Paul is one as well, as you can r- read in his writings, he was one that believed that Jesus Christ was coming again. And it's, uh, it's believed that Paul thought and would uh, hope that Jesus Christ was coming even in his lifetime. And we know it's been 2,000 years since even Paul wrote these epistles. And Jesus Christ is not returned, has not returned yet, but the Apostle Paul is giving us this doctrine of the rapture of the church. And so we're in the church age currently. The, the, uh, the church age is where Jesus uh, told his disciples to go and preach the gospel to every living creature. Churches were established. The apostle Paul and the apostles were about establishing churches there in Pentecost. The church in Jerusalem was established. And then from Jerusalem, the, the church was scattered abroad and places like Antioch, Thessalonica, Corinth, and, and you can read of these other churches that were established. The church at Monclova Road uh, was established uh, during this church age, but this church age is, is going to end, 
it's going to end with the, the rapture of the church. And then from the rapture of the church, we'll get into what is called the tribulation, the seven-year period of tribulation. And, and uh, we, we've preached on that. I did a whole series on that a couple years ago, uh, several weeks on, on uh, end times prophecy. And then after the tribulation is the millennial reign of Christ, where Christ will come and rule for a thousand years here upon this earth. What is interesting to me is this, at any, any given moment, Jesus Christ could come. And that means this, from any moment, we are only seven years away from the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Think about that, where we will rule and reign with Jesus Christ here upon this earth for a thousand years. And what an exciting event that's going to be. And we are just a moment away from that at any time. But let's begin reading in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in verse number 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brother, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Why is Paul writing this? Because as Paul was preaching the gospel to these, these believers at Thessalonica, and they, they uh, trusted Christ as their Savior, now that they are believing in Christ, following Christ, they are waiting and anticipating for the Lord to come. But now that they're saved, there are people that are suffering persecution, and there are some that are even dying. And now the church is concerned, what's going to happen when Christ comes for us? What's going to happen to those that have already died? And there was confusion. Why? Because there wasn't much taught on this subject. And this is why doctrine is so important to us as believers, because it's what we, we uh, uh, um, our foundation of what we believe. This doctrine that he's going to teach of the rapture of the church is going to bring, bring peace and, and uh, uh, clarity to what is going to happen to those believers that have died and also for those that are still alive when Christ returns. And so Paul is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want this to, to be a, a sorrowful for you. Yes, when we lose someone to death, it's a sorrowful thing, but he's going to teach them what is going to happen to them. In verse number 14, he says this, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, it's the gospel. Well, if we believe the gospel, the, the death, the burial, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you believe this, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. What is Paul saying? Paul is simply saying this, those that have died, they're going to be resurrected. That's the, the gospel message, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God is going to bring those with him, those that have died, they're not going to miss out on this. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. And this is the rapture of the church. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Paul is bringing clarity to a church that doesn't understand what's happening. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. We believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe all those things, and we believe he's coming again. But what is going to happen to, for those that have died before he comes again? And Paul is bringing clarity here to this, and he says that the trump of God is going to sound, that the dead in Christ are going to rise. Their bodies will rise out of the grave, and they will meet the Lord in the air. Then we which are alive and remain 
So those that are not dead, those that are still alive here upon the earth, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. We will meet those that have gone on before us in the clouds with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is not only giving clarity here for those that are wondering what happens to those that are gone on before us, but Paul is teaching of this, this doctrine of the rapture of the church. And then Paul says in verse number 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. This is something, this, this doctrine that we are learning of here today that Paul is teaching to the church at Thessalonica is being taught to comfort so that we understand, so that we can put our faith in the Lord, so that we can trust him. So we have clarity. He says in verse number 13, I would not have you to be ignorant. I don't want you to, to be ignorant on this matter because being ignorant on this matter can cause confusion. This Being ignorant on this matter can cause you to feel like there's no hope. So I want to give you clarity on what's going to happen. And then you take this and this is a comforting thing. What is so comforting about it? It doesn't stop those from dying, but it gets clarity. What happens for someone that dies in Christ? They are going to rise again, and they're going to meet those that are alive when that trumpet sounds in the air. This is what we refer to or call the rapture of the church. I want you to go with, with me, if you would please, to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, John, the apostle John, is, is uh, writing. If you know the, the book of Revelation... The Apostle John is writing. He is seeing into the future. The Lord is allowing him to write down what is going to happen. Now, the book of Revelation can be very confusing. It can be difficult to understand. Um, John is writing what he sees, what the Lord reveals unto him. And John, the first, coming up to the first three chapters in the book of Revelation, he's writing of, of the church age. He's writing of the, the churches. And then verse number four, or chapter number four, is when we would come to the place where John is writing of the, the rapture of the church. What Paul just described to the church at Thessalonica in chapter four of First Thessalonians, John is now describing it as he sees into the future. He sees as the Lord reveals to him, he writes this, after this, I looked and behold, a, a door was opened into heaven. And the first voice which I heard at, was, it, was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter, or things that are going to come. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper, Sardine and stone, and, and there was a rainbow round about the throne. So think of this rainbow in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, twenty-four seats. Upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the, the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Now, as we look today at this subject of the, of the um, rapture of the church, 
little bit different type of message on a Sunday morning. Uh, uh, many messages I'll preach will look at to, to find encouragement, to find application, to find help uh, for us in our daily Christian life. Today, as we look at this, it's going to be more just understanding what the, what the rapture of the church is, what we as Christians are looking forward to, the events that are going to take place in leading up to the rapture of the church and the event of the rapture of the church. And many a times when we look at end times prophecy, it can be a very fearful thing, but we need to be, we need to be ready but looking for a believer, looking and studying end times prophecy should not make us fearful. As the day of the Lord comes closer and closer, we ought to be anticipating the Lord's return, not afraid of the Lord's return. And so often I find in this world, as the signs are pointing to the return of Christ, Christians are the ones that are often living in fear, afraid of what's happening around us. But as the time of Christ nears, we as Christians ought to be excited, ready for Christ's return. And we are in a collision course with destiny. That collision course is with the return of Christ. Revelation chapter 4, the Bible says this. Look with me again. He says this, a trump talking with me, uh, um, as I heard was, as it were, of a, a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. That word hereafter is important for us to see because what John is going from the church age, the age that we're living in currently, up to now what happens after the church age. What is going to happen with the local New Testament church? We call ourselves the, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, or the bride of Christ. And Christ is going to come and receive his bride there at the, the rapture of the church. Who's going? We're going to look at some of those things today. Lord willing, we'll have the time to, to, to see who's going to be there and, and the events of this, this event called the rapture of the church. But uh, John is writing. He says, as he He's writing in chapter number four, this is what's going to be hereafter. This is what's going to happen after the church age. So from chapter number four on, we are going to find the rapture of the church. What happens after the church is raptured here out of this earth? And so I want to look at several things today. And, and uh, so today would be one more for you to take some notes. And, and I want you to study these things through and, and uh, uh, listen closely as we look at the mystery that's revealed, first of all, the mystery that's revealed, the rapture of the church. Paul calls this the mystery. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And I want us to find what the Apostle Paul tells the church at Corinth about this event. He calls it a mystery in verse number 51 of 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Paul says, behold, I show you a mystery. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, corrupt, corruptible must be put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on 
immorality, immortality. And so here we find the Apostle Paul, he calls this a mystery, and he's going to reveal this mystery of the rapture of the church. Why? Because this is not something that they understand. This is not something in the Old Testament that was talked about or prophesied about. In the Old Testament, they prophesied of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one that they would uh, anticipated and waited for, to one that is going to redeem mankind back to God all the way back in the garden, there is a Messiah that was promised, and we find it all through the New Test or the Old Testament, the, the prophecies of the Messiah. We find at the birth of Jesus Christ, the prophecies are fulfilled over and over and over again. We looked at that last month several times when I was preaching on, on our Christmas series. We looked in Micah and other cha- uh, uh, verses and chapters in books from the Old Testament where Christ fulfilled this prophecy. Now they're speaking of what is going to happen. Now, now that uh, Christ has come, what is next? What happens? Prophecy in the Old Testament is fulfilled. Now what happens? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What happens? So Paul now is going to reveal to the, the, uh, the church here what is going to happen into the future. He speaks of this event, the rapture of the church, and he says this. This is a mystery now that he's going to reveal, and he simply says uh, what he is going to also repeat in 1 Thessalonians. He's going to tell us that we shall not all sleep, or we are not all going to die. There is going to come this time where Jesus is going to come. All of us are not going to die. So this understand this. When the rapture of the church takes place, there are going to be those that are alive, but those that have gone before us, they are going to be raptured just like those that are still alive here living upon this earth. The rapture of the church takes place for those that have gone and those that are still alive. This is important for the church at Thessalonica because, again, they're confused. What's happening to those that have died? And so Paul is making this clear to the believer, to the church. Paul also tells us something this is interesting for us. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, this is going to be something that takes place instantly. The rapture of the church is going to happen in a moment. This is not going to be a a series of events that take place over a period of time. But there's going to be an event that will take place. God will say to Jesus Christ, go get your bride. The trump is going to sound. And immediately he is going to step out. And those that are dead are going to rise. Those that are alive remain. We're going to be caught up together in clouds with Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes for his church, he does not come back to the earth to set up his kingdom at that time. When he comes back for his bride, we meet him in the clouds. That is not the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. That is us being taken out of this earth. And once that event takes place, then, then the church be, or the uh, earth, uh, all those that are left on this earth, will be in the tribulation, that seven-year period of tribulation, where the Antichrist will now begin a one-world uh, government, a one-world religion, a one-world economy. And those are things that we see 
Every day we can look into the news. We can look in the events that are happening all around us. And we can see the events of a one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world religion. All of those things are coming to be. But they will not happen until the church is raptured out of this earth. This is the mystery that Paul is revealing. Look with me, if you would, please. Stay, stay in uh, 1 Thessalonians and, and hold your place in Revelation 4 as well. We're going to be back and forth in several of these passages. But in verse number 14 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I want you to see this. For if we believe, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. The Bible speaks of this rapture of the church, and why do, we, why do we believe in this mystery? Why do we believe in this event? It is simply this. I'll give you two reasons. Number one is because the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here he says, those, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, I believe the gospel. Because I believe the gospel, I believe this event is going to take place. Secondly, why do we believe this? Because we believe the word of God. The Word of God teaches this. Paul teaches this in 1 Corinthians 15. He teaches it again in 1 Thessalonians. And then John, the apostle, is seeing this and uh, telling about it in Revelation chapter number 4. We simply believe in the rapture of the church because the, the Word of God teaches of this doctrine, of this event that's going to take place. This is the rapture of the church. Now, let me move on quickly here because we speak of the, the rapture of the church but who's going to be a part of this? Who's going to be a part of this? And this is, this is something that all of us must know. It isn't every person that has died before us. And it isn't every person that's still alive. So who's a part of this rapture of the church? And this is, this is what Paul is going to reveal and John is also going to reveal this in Revelation chapter number 4. And uh, look, look with me. Let's begin first on that question. Revelation chapter 4, verse 4. The Apostle John is writing of what he sees. I want you to see here the Apostle John. He, he, uh, in verse 4, he says, As I looked, and behold, after he sees this, this door is open into heaven, after he is revealing and, and speaking and writing of the church age, now all of a sudden the door to heaven is opened. He hears a voice with, as a trumpet, and it says, come up hither, just like the, 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 church, a, uh, the church when it's raptured, it's gonna, we're going to hear, come up hither, and, and he'll show thee things which are going to come hereafter. And I want you to see, even in verse number two, the apostle uh, John says this, and immediately, just like the rapture of the church, immediately, he is caught up into heaven. He's, he's there as this event is taking place. And he begins to show us and tell us of who's going to be there. And round about the throne, verse 4, were four and 20 seats. You say, well, so only 24 people will be there? And that's not what he's saying. He sees this 24 seats and these elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they on their, their heads crowns of golds. And so in verse number 4, he's looking out, he's seeing this event, the rapture of the church takes place, and he's caught up immediately into heaven, and he looks at this event, and he sees, the Bible says, he's 24 elders. 
Some would say this, well, these elders must be angels. Maybe these are angels that he sees. I, I, I would say in verse 11 of chapter 5 would tell us that these elders are not angels. Let's look there in verse number 11 of chapter 5 of Revelation. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. And so it's not angels that those elders are there. It's not a different word for angels there. We know that because in chapter 5 verse 11, there's angels and elders that are there around this throne. So who are these elders? Well, we can find in 1 Thessalonians, go back there with me, in 1 Thessalonians that we read from 13 down to verse number 17, we find who's going to be there. He says this, again, I want to remind you in verse number 14, for if we believe, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, if we believe the gospel, so for those that have trusted in Christ, for those that believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for those that believe that, he says, even so them also which sleep in Jesus. So those, those that are alive that have put their faith in Jesus Christ or the gospel, or those that are dead, those that have put their faith in trust, they sleep in Christ, those are going to be the ones that are resurrected there at the rapture of the church. Those are going to be the ones that are taken to heaven. So Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians who it is, specifically who it is going to be that we see. You say, well, who are those 24 elders? I'm, I'm glad you asked that. We, um, we believe that uh, through study, you can begin to study these out. It's not just 24 individuals. It's a representation Many Bible scholars, many, many uh, those that have studied the Bible, believe that what that represents is the 12 tribes of, of uh, uh, Israel and the 12 apostles, meaning this, those in the Old Testament times that uh, were looking to the Messiah, that by faith, if you read through Hebrews chapter number 11, by faith Abraham and by faith Isaac and by faith Rahab and by faith all of those uh, Old Testament, those that are looking by faith, believing that the Messiah is going to come, those are the those that are represented by the 12 tribes of uh, Israel, then also those which would be representative of the 12 apostles or the church age, the gospel, the, the church age that we're living in right now, those that are believing in the gospel, we look to the cross, we believe that Jesus died, we believe that he died for our sins, we believe that his blood is the, the payment for our sin debt, and we believe that he rose again from the dead. So those are representations. If you take the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, the representation of what they would mean, those 24 together. It's not 24 individual people, but it's a representation of all those that have looked to the Messiah and believe in the Messiah. When John looks out and sees the throne of heaven and he sees all of these multitudes of people, they can be summed up by these 24 elders represented by these 24 elders. This is who there is in heaven. And the Bible tells tells us in 1 Thessalonians who those are. It's those that believe in Jesus Christ. So who is the, the multitude? Who is going to be uh, there at the rapture of the church? It is simply this, those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Look with me if you would please. Go to Luke. Go to Luke chapter 17. Now stay with me now. I want to teach us this today. Because this is important. Why is this so important? 
Because while the church was confused about what is going to happen in life, in the events that were happening all around them, Paul says, learn these things, understand these things, know these things, and comfort one another with these things. By understanding these things, what, by understanding what happens to someone that is dead now, that has gone on before us, what do we do? Do we, do we grieve them? Do we, what, how do we deal with them? Are they going to be in heaven? Are, are we ever going to see them again? Paul says, take all all of that worry, take all of that fear away, comfort one another, knowing this, Christ is coming for his bride. He's coming. But not all are going to be there. Look with me, if you would, please, in Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, verse number 34, the Bible says this, I tell you, in the night there shall be two men in one bed, and the one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken, and the other left. And the Anderson said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Whosoever, where, uh, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. He's saying in, these, in Luke chapter 17, there are those that are saved. There are those that are saved in Christ. They believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the rapture takes place, there's going to be one that is going to be gone, and there's going to be one that's there. Not everyone is going to be taken in the rapture of the church. So what must a person do? How does a person know that when the return of Christ, when he comes again for his bride, how do they know? This isn't a religious person. Well, this is one that was a Bible college graduate. This is one that was a, was a, a person with perfect attendance to church. This is one that tithed of their, their money every, every week. This is one that did really, really good works. You don't find any of that. How does a person, when Jesus Christ comes again, what is the one and only what is the one and only thing that will allow a person to, to be raptured into the clouds with those that are gone before us, those that are still alive, with Jesus for all, forever? It is those that have put their faith and trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those that are born again. Those that know Christ. Those who are saved. This is why it's so important, church, that we as a church, continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the main priority of the church. The church can get involved in a lot of good things. We could feed the poor. We could dig wells. And all of those things are wonderful things to, to give water to those that need water and food. We could clothe those that have no clothes. We could give to the poor. All of those things are good things. And we ought to do all of those good things. But we ought to do all of those good things with the main purpose and the sole purpose of giving the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that have a need of a gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why missions is so important. That's why we take a month every year and we'll talk about missions. That's why we support missionaries every single week. Our responsibility is to get the gospel to every single place around this world in our generation. This was what Christ said to his disciples. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. This is the purpose of the church is to preach the truth of the gospel. Why? Because Jesus Christ is coming again. 
And those that do not know Christ, those that have rejected Christ, will be here on this earth during the tribulation time. Only those that know Christ as their Savior are going to be raptured out of this earth. Now, this is a wonderful thing. For those that know Jesus Christ, we say, boy, this is great. I'm good. I can celebrate. I, I can take it easy. I'm, I'm great. But those that know Jesus Christ as their Savior then ought to have a burden for those that do not know Christ as their Savior. It's a wonderful thing that when Christ returns that I'm going to be raptured out of this earth, but it's a terrible thing that those that I know and those that I love will not be if they do not know Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible teaches that we are to work, we're to labor. And this is what Paul is telling the church here at Thessalonica. The reason why Paul is even writing 1 Thessalonians is they heard about Jesus coming, and they're like, great, let's just wait for his return. But he's saying you can't just simply wait for his return. Yes, be eager about it. Yes, serve the Lord. Yes, anticipate his return. But occupy, continue to preach the gospel. Tell every soul that you can that Jesus Christ is the way the truth and the life and that no man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus Christ. Yes, he's coming again in church. Yes, we ought to rejoice. And yes, we anticipate that day. And I can't wait for that day. But until that day, we have work to do. Our responsibility is to tell. So we find that Paul and John is going to give us this mystery, the rapture of the church. He's going to give us the multitude that's there at the rapture of the church. And also, I want us to look at this, the, the time, the time of the rapture. Now, if you're going to write a date down, I don't know. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us no man knows, that only the Father knows. But we do know this. It's suddenly... It's in a twinkling of an eye. It's, it's immediate, and it could happen at any moment. It could happen at any moment. As John is writing in first, uh, or Re Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, he speaks of this event immediately. Verse number 2, immediately I was in the Spirit. He was taken up immediately. As Paul uh, writes to the church at Thessalonica, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says this, um, For this we say unto you, that the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, shall be, uh, the coming of the Lord shall, shall not prevent which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. This is an event that's going to happen immediately. So although we don't know the date or the time, we do know this. When the event, when the rapture takes place, it is in a moment, it is in a twinkling of an eye, we are going to be here in a, a, a moment later. We are going to be in the clouds with Jesus Christ. This is a sudden thing. We are in the church age, but at a moment, the rapture is going to take place. The coming of Jesus Christ, and this is what must be on our heart constantly, church. The coming of Jesus Christ is always near. Paul spoke and wrote of it like it was an event that he believed was going to happen at that very moment. And the reality is this, it is going to happen at a very moment. It could be in our lifetime. I hope and I pray, like I'm sure all those that know Christ, here in our lifetime, I hope and I pray it's, it's today. 
But it's, it's up to the Lord to decide. He knows the time. He knows the hour. He knows the day. And it's in his hands. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter number 24, if you would, please. Matthew chapter 24. Are you with me this morning? All right, Matthew chapter 24. Jesus spoke of this event as well. Matthew 24, verse number 36. Jesus writes this in Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So we know this, that Jesus, when he was here alive on this earth, he's speaking of this event, and he says, my Father knows, and him only. The angels aren't even prepared. They're not sure. This will be uh, an instantaneously to them just like it is with us. They'll see it when we experience it. They'll know it when we know it. In verse number 38, I want you to read this along with me as well. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. There was no expectations that the end is near. Those, those here in the world, as in the days of Noah, he was saying, they were just eating and drinking. They had no idea. There was preparations being made. For all of those uh, 120 years or so that Noah was building that ark, they had no idea that destruction was going to come. They had no idea that death was going to come. They were just continuing to eat and to drink. They were continuing to live their lives with no expectation that judgment was going to come. But Noah, not knowing when it was going to come, Noah was laboring, Noah was working, Noah was building the ark, he was obedient to the Lord, anticipating that day. And then all of the uh, animals came onto that ark, and Noah's family came on that ark, and that door was shut by the hand of God, and the floods began to, the rain began to come, the floods began to come, and judgment came upon the earth, but Noah was saved because of the hand of God. And only God knew what that day was. And the world was living like it was never going to happen. I'll tell you, church, we are living in the same way today. The world is living in a way like the world thinks they're in charge. They think they've got everything under control. They think they've got everything managed. But I, I want to submit to you today that as they think they've got everything under control, God is the one that has it under control. As they think they're preparing for the future, as they think they're preparing so that the, uh, 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 to, to be in charge of this earth, God knows the moment that this earth is going to end. God knows the moment that the rapture of the church is going to take place. God knows the moment when the judgment of the tribulation is going to come. God knows all of those things there are in his hands, and man can do nothing about it except simply submit to God. But as the world is living with no expectation... The end is near. And so what does the Bible tell us to do? Look with me in verse number 42. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. This is the responsibility of those that believe in Christ. Watch. This is action. This is us being aware 
anticipating, watching, being aware that Jesus Christ is going to come. Oh, listen to me. We as Christians, we are getting lulled to sleep. We're just going through the motions where our, our, our uh, uh, jobs and our hobbies and, and, and the things of this world are things that, that, that uh, occupy our time and, and give us uh, so many uh, highs and lows and we give so much attention to. And they're taking us away from the one thing that we ought to be constantly waiting for and that is this, Jesus Christ is coming again. We're not to be consumed with all the things in this world. We're not to be overtaken by worry. We're not to be uh, distressed and distraught and in living in discouragement. Our Savior is coming again. And he says this, watch, be ready, be anticipating this day. Look what he says in verse number 44 of the same chapter. Therefore be ye also ready for such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. And the hour you think not is when he is going to come. 1 Corinthians 15, I've read this already, verse number 51, the Bible says this, Paul says, in a moment, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the time of the rapture is going to take place when the world thinks it's never going to happen. When the Christian, if not careful, can be consumed with the things of this world. But we are to watch, we are to be ready, we are to be waiting, because in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, that trump is going to sound. The church is going to be taken before the tribulation, and then judgment is going to come. We can use the, the ark, the Noah. He references Noah in the Old Testament. It's exactly what was happening in the days of Noah. The world was living in their sin. The world was living in, in a total rebellion against God. The world was doing their thing, not listening to what the message of salvation was, denying the message of salvation. And the floods began to come. Judgment became. became. But, Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. Noah and his family, believing in God, they were saved from this destruction. The church is going to be raptured out of this earth before destruction comes. Before the wrath of God is poured out upon this earth, the church is going to be raptured. Now, there are some that believe this. Some that believe the church is going to go through a period of the rapture. They, they're mid-trib. They believe that tribulation is going to start, and then the church is going to be taken out halfway in between. There are some that believe this. The church is going to, to, to live all through the tribulation. I believe, and I believe the Bible teaches us in the pre-trib, meaning this, that, that we, before the tribulation period, here it takes place, the church is going to be raptured out of this earth, and then the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, the judgment of God is poured out upon this earth. Boy, I am just like halfway through this message. I've still got pages to go. You say that, but somebody's like got their crock pot on, and you're already like, we're not going to make lunch. I hope you had it on low, not high, because we're in trouble. We'll have to, we'll have to come back to this, because I know you say preach, but um, that next group is coming in. And um, I want to look at, in the, few, in the coming weeks, we're going to look at the reason of the rapture. 
And um, I want to, I, I don't want to skip that part of this. And so we'll continue this study. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.